It's the Criterion. It's the Criterion. 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 N. 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 Hello, everybody. Welcome to a new episode of the Criterion Project. I am Conrado Falco, and I am here, as always, with my wonderful co-host, the great Rachel Wagner. Rachel, yeah. how are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing well. How are you? I am doing pretty well. We are still under quarantine in this uh, time of social distancing, but yes. we are holding on um, as best as we can. Yes. I Yesterday, I, uh, I had uh, a friend of mine was kind enough to pick me up from uh, dropping my car off at the mechanic and I was in the back seat with my you know mask on she had her mask on but it was it was so nice to because I I mean I haven't spent any time with other humans aside from a grocery store uh, but mm-hmm. with actual friends I haven't spent or family for so long <laughs> it's, like, it's so good to see you <laughs> I, miss, yeah. I miss you so much uh so yeah it's it's been a crazy crazy time to be alive that's for sure so it's definitely for sure it's also <laughs> been a time for a lot of uh movie watching at least yes. in my corner of the world yes. um so rachel is there anything that you uh, have been seeing on the criterion channel lately uh, so this is actually not on Criterion, Criterion Channel right now, but it is a Criterion release. Uh, I it's interesting when I set up my blind spot project for this year, I which is a series I do on my blog where every month I review a popular uh, film, a classic uh, or popular film that I have not seen, and I've been doing it f- since uh, like 2016. I've been doing it for a long time. Anyway. And uh, I, I picked a pretty bold pick for April and decided to do the Three Colors Trilogy. Yeah. Uh, yes, by Krzysztof Kislowski. Sorry if I said that wrong. Uh, and I, it's interesting in the, in the initial post, I was like, that's going to be really hard to watch three movies in April. <laughs> Little did I know. Not anymore. <laughs> yeah. And so I finished watching the first one. Uh, so I'll, I'll report uh, as I, in our next couple episodes about, mm-hmm. uh, about each one. But this is, uh, the first one is called Blue. Mm-hmm. And it stars Juliette Binoche as this woman who, uh, whose husband and daughter dies in this car accident at the beginning of the film. And he is a composer. And so she kind of, it's just all about her grieving process and her kind of turning against music for a time. And, and it's a very like walk around with this person kind of movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not a some people some people might say it's it's a little boring but um uh, because there's not a ton of plot but uh, i think that uh juliet Benish is really good and it's definitely very moving and uh, it's a beautiful movie and the way that they bring in the blue lighting in authentic ways it could be really gimmicky but i didn't think it was and so it's definitely made me really excited to see the other two in the trilogy and see how they all uh, kind of work together. And the idea is, is that it's showing each part of the uh, 
French flag and it's um, uh, right. liberty, equality, and um, fraternity. Yeah. So yeah, I'm did you see, to any, see any traces of liberty in this movie? Because some people feel like that thing about the flag is just uh, it doesn't really apply that much. What What is your yeah, thoughts? So I far? mean, there wasn't a ton. That's true. I I mean, it's really just about this. I feel like I maybe once I see all three, I'll be able to kind of mm. see the the overall vision um, in that regard. But Liberty, uh, I mean, it's it's just about her overcoming her her dealing with her grief, and uh, and also you get a little bit of an idea that maybe he wasn't the best husband, and uh, you know, find out that he has a mistress, and and that you. Th- think maybe he was she was he was taking credit for work that she had done uh in the in the writing and so mm. maybe in that sense that she kind of was liberated from him in a way uh or from her grief i don't know uh there's lots of scenes of her swimming uh and uh so i don't know if that's if he's trying <laughs> to imply some kind of yeah. well you're a swimmer right that's <laughs> yeah that's right that's liberating and like there's a lot of things that are blue and a sense of the the uh there's a um kind of a chandelier type fixture uh that uh she gets she finds and you see the light through the blue crystals of this chandelier and um and like i said there's lots of swimming in the sky and uh scenes in paris and so it's a beautiful movie it's definitely Mm -hmm. a uh it's an art house movie it's not you know (laughs) Uh, but but yeah i think that's probably a fair critique at least so far i didn't see a ton of obvious i don't think i don't know if it's necessarily a critique i think it's just more saying that um the the flag thing was just a thing that Kislaski was saying and it's not necessarily what he was interested in like mm. i feel i feel like most people like yeah, these are great movies um so have you seen have you seen i haven't actually i've uh no i mm. haven't so it'll be i'm i'm really looking forward to uh to seeing all three and i will give you guys my uh my update as i see them <laughs> and great. i look forward to my uh my uh post at the end of the month where i talk about them and that's something really fun that i i love it every month i i uh get to look at a film that i get to expand my uh i guess uh, you know the films that i've seen and so that's always fun yeah well that's what this show is all about for us right Mm -hmm. i feel like that's kind of why we started it so that's perfect right well yeah and then the main reason that i started that i wanted to to start because i i knew i wanted to sign up for the channel but i was just life gets so busy and i thought i probably i'm not gonna watch as much as i should and so doing Mm -hmm. the podcast will help me to to actually make sure i i use the subscription that i should but but anyway what about you have you had the chance to watch anything definitely yes um so they have this month they have a celebration of the 100 year anniversary of toshiro mifune on criterion channel um and he is a japanese actor who worked with akira kurosawa a lot and 
is a very famous star of Japanese cinema. So I watched one of the movies that I hadn't seen before from him, uh, Yojimbo, directed by Akira Kurosawa from 1961, in which uh, Mifune plays kind of like a nameless samurai who is roaming around the country and he gets to this town where there's like two like uh, rival warlords who are trying to take uh, control of the town and he kind of take advantage takes advantage and he kind of plays both sides in order to liberate this town of of this sort of like cruel rule that is going on um and this movie i have to tell you was pretty awesome okay. i um i think it's a perfect first movie for someone who has not seen a lot of akira kurosawa or old samurai movies um, because uh, I think it's first and foremost it's just like a cool adventure action movie um, you know like if we were to like rank it in our pretentious scale or something it would be pretty low it's just um, this one samurai who is one of the he's just a cool cool character he is actually um, a lot of people say pretty much that the first uh, Sergio Leone Clean Eastwick movie what do you call that one A Fistful of Dollars yeah. Um, that was basically a, a, a copy of Yojimbo, you know, like a remake just mm -hmm. set in the West. And it's funny because, and it makes sense because Yojimbo, when you watch it, it feels kind of like a Western, but in Japan. So, um, yeah, it's a really dope movie. I had a great time. I can't wait to see Sanjuro, which is the sequel, and then to see just more um, Toshiro Mifune movies on Criterion Channel. Cool. Yeah, I haven't seen that one. So, I mean, I haven't seen a ton of Kurosawa. I mean, I've seen, um, uh, shoot, my brain. Um, the Magnificent Seven one. Oh, The Seven Samurai? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen that one, and then Ikiru, and mm -hmm. then I've seen the, um, the, the King Lear one. Oh, yeah. Um, is that Ran? Or Throne of Blood? Throne of Blood, yeah. Throne of oh, Blood. yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, and I've enjoyed all, all the ones I've seen. Some of them are a little long in the tooth sometimes but uh but yeah. i still have enjoyed all of the ones yeah. i've seen of his so that's cool well, i definitely recommend you jimbo that's under two hours and it's a lot of it's ah. a really really fun movie and really exciting um yeah and the other one that i was going to recommend for you was ikiru so um you got me beat on that one but yeah. definitely check out your jimbo i did that for ikiru for a blind spot actually last year oh yeah so what do you think yeah. of that did you enjoy that it, yeah i liked it a lot i thought it was really good it's very, um, yeah moving, and I, moving. I was gonna say if people want to read my my blind spot from uh from uh march I, it was i actually did goodfellas finally checked oh. out my list so all right i've seen a the i've finally seen it so there you go <laughs> <laughs> uh, but what are we talking about this month Oh, I'm so excited to talk about um, Police Story, directed by and starring none other than the great Jackie Chan. Yeah, yes. yeah. Um, so, how to get into this? Maybe we can talk a little bit about Jackie Chan as a, yes. as a performer, as a director, as a star. Rachel, you got to meet Jackie Chan, did you I know? did, yes. I, this was when I was in college. He had put out his... Uh, biography autobiography and mm -hmm. uh and you know a lot of times those books are just kind of worthless you know they're ghost written they're not you know mm -hmm. not very good 
but um, I happened to be in San Francisco visiting my grandma and uh, we were like, Hey, why don't we, why not? You know, get to it. So we, we got the book and we just got to shake his hand, you know, briefly and whatever. Mm -hmm. And so then I, I, since I had the book, I went ahead and read it and it was actually really good. Uh, they should make a book about, I mean, they should make a movie about his life because mm -hmm. he was basically raised in the Chinese opera, the acrobatic opera. And uh, like, it's just, he had some wild stories uh, about the way they were treated. And, and um, yeah, I don't know. It was very, it was very interesting. Mm -hmm. and he goes into all his his career and his his various attempts to try to make it in the states and and uh and his personal life and i know i i, I really enjoyed the book and uh you know i've always liked uh, uh martial arts films uh but i oddly enough hadn't seen this one <laughs> i should have but um i you know i've i certainly liked all of his uh, american films you know like rumble in the bronx and movies like that uh and uh i uh, i've seen you know some bruce lee and some different uh, you know different different more modern films so i but i hadn't seen this one uh but uh yeah he's a really really interesting interesting life yeah yeah totally and i think you are you're totally right that i think that when you talk about jackie chan and even when he gives interviews about his life he always goes back to that uh, Chinese opera school in which he mm -hmm. grew up. That seems to be like the big defining thing about his, his, his life, really. Um, his parents were apparently refugees from World War II and uh, they uh, basically gave him up to this mm -hmm. uh, kind of like school which trained people in Chinese opera, which has been described as kind of part boarding school, part kind of like military barracks. They like from the age of six to 16, he would yeah. like train every day, all day, basically. And um, he didn't really get an education, you know, like he was illiterate until the nineties or something like that. Yeah. Um, there's a crazy story in the book about how uh, they were very, very regimented about what they were allowed to eat and you know they're training 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 and one day i guess they went to a restaurant of some kind and he uh he ate an additional he kind of grabbed an additional bowl of rice and just kind of scarfed it down really quick and he was he knew he was going to get very punished for it and so he's just crying the whole time he's eating the rice and i don't know it's just like really intense yeah it's it's a totally insane thing um to go through i I'm sure, uh, but and it's also the thing that made him such a uh, I don't know how to put it like a obsessive person when it comes to stunts and to physical activity and martial arts and all that stuff, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. When he started his career trying to become kind of like a Bruce Lee type performer, and he got uh, he was famous in the Hong Kong industry for being kind of like the crazy guy who would do the stunts that other people wouldn't do. Yeah. you know like the really crazy stuff and then eventually what really made him pop and and made him famous was his his particular style of martial arts in well not really martial arts but more like stunt uh and choreography in which he really introduced a lot of comedy to it and he decided that the way to do it was that he was going to be the opposite of bruce lee he's going to yeah. be the anti-bruce lee right like whereas bruce lee is always in control and it's all about the technique and the form of martial arts 
when Jackie Chan fights, it's more like he's always the underdog. He's always trying to like reach for whatever props are around so that he can protect himself, you know? Um, and it's a much more comedic, different kind of style. And it, and it just, yeah. you know, it was a boom and he became a superstar in Hong Kong and then in, you know, across the world, eventually in America. Police Story is one of his big hits, which he not only stars in, but he got to direct as well. Yeah. Did you watch the Edgar Wright uh, piece, uh, bonus features? On- I didn't watch that one, but I watched some of the others in which one in which Jackie talks about it and then a couple others. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, but you're right that on the Criterion channel, they have a lot of bonus features for a police story and they're all very, at least the ones that I saw were very, very exciting. What, what did well, Edgar Wright have to say? Yeah, it was really good. He just talked about how he had admired, uh, he loved police story and how he loved Jackie from uh, from really early on. And uh, when he finally got to, uh, just a couple of years ago, got to interview him. And it was, mm-hmm. it was really sweet. Uh, but I, it was interesting. He talked about how with Bruce Lee, his gestures are very like, uh, bring it on kind of a, a gesture. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I'm ready for you kind of a thing. Whereas, whereas, totally. uh, uh, whereas with Jackie Chan, it's almost like a more of a defensive gesture, like holding mm-hmm hands up kind of uh you know sort of thing and uh and how like you say an underdog uh and i never really noticed that before but i thought that was uh, that was really interesting yeah that is i think very very uh, just to get into the movie i think that's very apparent in, in police stories especially mm-hmm. i think that it's a sto- it's a movie about jackie kind of like almost every set piece i feel like it's him scrambling to like get the stuff done that he needs to get done you know even the scene when he's picking up the phones it's like you know when he's in the office and the phones keep ringing and like balancing all the phones that even that feels like it's just a showcase of i mean on one hand it's a showcase of his abilities as a physical performer and the other is just this idea that he's always he's like a comedian too right he's creating a worse situation for himself than he's already in and he tries to balance it all out everything that's happening yeah well and one thing i appreciated it is that pretty much every action set piece in the film he they he's not afraid to kind of get get beat to a bloody pulp practically you know that that yes he he does the stunts but he gets beat up pretty bad like yeah definitely it's not an action hero in the sense of like a rambo kind of a you know what Mm -hmm. i mean that kind of a thing where you're sort of your hero in, in that way. Mm-hmm. But no, he gets, I mean, I was kind of joking when I was watching, I was like, is there any glass left in China? Like after this? <laughs> yeah, that's right. In the finale, <laughs> which is, oh boy, that's an incredible, that whole sequence. It's just the, the people who worked in the movie actually um, started calling the movie glass story instead of police story when they were shooting there because it's just glasses breaking every, every couple of seconds. incredible there's so much crashing through glass and and uh i mean he just he gets beaten up pretty bad and i appreciate that in action star i mean that's something i always liked in a the um the original indiana jones movies is that Mm -hmm. he gets beat up pretty bad he gets punched in the face a lot and (laughs) well it's they 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 have a kind of similar energy uh you know Jackie Chan and Indiana Jones as a character and yeah. that they're a little bit of a scrappy underdog you know in their in their adventures yeah uh, even though they're very cool especially Indiana Jones but he's always kind of like 
against you know against all the nazis and he has to, he's only him and he's like the odds are against him so he has to struggle for it yeah it's it's like you say it's different to the kind of indestructible um style of like bruce lee stallone schwarzenegger yeah you know? yeah and so that that was fun uh did you have a favorite set piece the favorite action you know um i mean it it has to be the end i, I feel a little yeah. cheap by saying it but the the finale in the shopping mall with all the glass and then when he slides down the chandelier is just it's just incredible it's just yeah. like it builds up to that but there's so many great moments before that i that i feel are worth uh shouting out yeah. especially because i saw also police story two and three this week in preparation for uh-huh. this episode and police story one was my favorite and partially because it has the most exciting uh, action sequences and they are scattered throughout the movie the other two have a couple brawls but they're really just building up to the finale which uh the finale in, in police story three is particularly incredible it's just mm-hmm. That, that I would say is one of the best things I've ever seen in terms of action. So I recommend mm-hmm. that. Um, but then Police Story 1, you have like a bunch of really, you know, the beginning is also incredible with the shanty town when the cars are coming down and then when he's dangling from the bus. Yeah, the dangling from the bus is really, really good. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, it feels like, oh, he must, it, it must be a trick, but it, you know that it's not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's incredible. And in Police Story 3, he dangled from a helicopter, which I was sure it had to have been some green screen going on, but it wasn't. They, yeah. they show you at the end because they always show the bloopers at the end and you see him just dangling from the helicopter. Yeah. I mean, you think that at the end, when, he's, when he slides down the, uh, the, the Christmas lights, chandelier or whatever, I mm-hmm. mean, that would just, just your hands alone would hurt so bad doing that. Yeah. And you know, you kind of wonder did they just have one take where you could they do only that or one take. Yeah. there isn't i have to tell this to you because you have to there's this bit of jackie talking about a police story on criterion channel mm-hmm. it's about 15 to 20 minutes long and he talks about that stunt and he says they had 12 cameras rolling at the same time mm-hmm. and he was up there and they just had they basically had the one take to do it because the chandelier was going to break up and the the kind of like the little hut in which he lands is also going to break when he falls down Mm -hmm. and also you wouldn't want to do that more than once no because you know yeah absolutely and he did it once and his hands were completely chafed from the friction of the pole you know after he did it and he had the glass you know cuts everywhere in in his body it was incredible but you know but the way he tells it is fantastic because yeah. he like builds up the suspense of like, and I was there and I say, oh, I'm going to die. And then this guy comes up to me and he gives me this like little Buddha stamp and I put it in my pocket. It's just great. Um, yeah. Yeah. Cool. I recommend you, you yeah. watch that. Yeah. It's interesting because in uh, Rush, the first Rush Hour movie, there, it ends with a similar scene in a, in a, I think, I can't remember if it's a mall or if it's an office building. But it's mm. a similar scene where he goes down. It's just more of a, um, like a banner kind of a thing as opposed to a, right. a light. But anyway, it's similar dynamic, but this is so much better than that. Uh, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, and there were a couple things I struggled with in this movie, though. Mm-hmm. Mainly, I, yeah. I, I really struggled with the comedy. I just didn't think it was funny. And I thought some of the, some of the set pieces went on way too long. And I was just getting 
I don't know, kind of like the whole like the whole sequence where he keeps getting the cake in his face and like I oh, yeah. know, like I don't know, those kind of things and most of the stuff with the two women was just mm-hmm. like ugh. I yeah. didn't really like it. Yeah. I, I was I, I almost wished I could have just watched a clip reel of the movie <laughs> and not had any plot at all. Uh because I found I don't know, that was not my favorite. Yeah, the female characters are definitely weak. Um, and not, not particularly, I don't know, they are not paid that much attention. There's a lot of stereotypes going on there with the girlfriend and then the... And the I just didn't think it was funny. Like, I, to be, it's not like <laughs> Rush Hour is the most funny movie in the world, but like, I would way rather watch, at least for just mm-hmm. for jokes. Like, yeah. I needed better jokes it's a it's a particular well there's a couple things right i think one thing is that the uh, apparently from what i hear there are a lot of like jokes that are just not able to be translated because yeah. it's a language thing so there's a lot of wordplay apparently that it, that's not coming to us mm-hmm. um so that's one thing but the other thing i agree with you there he's definitely has a particular sense of humor that uh, i agree with you it's not particularly funny i don't think it's funny but it is like to me, it's weirdly charming just in how, like, unfunny it is. And just because he is, like, being so, he's mugging so much and he's trying to sell it so badly because that's just the kind of performer that he is, right? He's always giving you 100%. But it's, like, charming in its own way, even though I will agree with you. It's it's uh, at times off-putting and at times doesn't work. Yeah, I mean, um, I swear he gets five five cakes in his face to the face yeah yeah part of it is also just ridiculous how many cakes are you gonna get to the face it's not even that funny jackie come on move on i know it's just charming in its own way for me um i would say the thing that i did like in the in terms of comedy a lot is the moment when um this guy he hires this guy to pretend to be a a, a robber to yeah that was such a weird scene it was a very weird scene. What I really like is when the guy goes unconscious and Jackie has to pretend that he's fighting with him and that he like a weekend at Bernie sort of thing, but also an action sequence. I thought that was a really great uh, showcase for how good of a act, uh, physical performer mm-hmm. Jackie is and how he can move the body of the guy and pretend that they're fighting or whatever at the same time. That was really impressive to me. Because he didn't want her to call the police, right? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Uh, it went on a little too long, but mm-hmm. yeah, it did have that did have its moments. That scene, um, and uh, I also hated the music, the score. I just, oh, I it was this, I don't know. It was so on the nose, and it was so, I I just found it so obnoxious, and I wish I could have just, I should have just turned the sound down and just watched read the subtitles because I hated that music. A lot. That's interesting. And I, I didn't. I don't remember the music so much. It, I watched this movie like a couple of weeks ago, uh-huh. um, and the music didn't jump out. Of, I mean, the only thing that I remember is the like the theme song of the movie, the one that's like do, 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 do. But I don't remember the. Score yeah, song. I mean, it's similar to honestly. There was a couple of years years ago in the Hallmark movies, there would have this like overly precocious uh, score that would anything someone. Like, like it was deemed as cute would be accompanied by oh, music. And I know I what like, you're talking about. And I feel like time. that I feel like that was the same here. Yes. Is that yes. anything that was deemed as sort of 
funny or cute. Yeah, the or, comedic moments. Yeah, yes. it would I, be like, I, I get exactly what you're saying. Yeah, it'd be like, da 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 da. <laughs> and I just yeah. found it so annoying. And I was just kidding. I, was, I don't know. I even I, I think I it, texted I you at a certain point. I'm like, ah, yes. this music. <laughs> It's driving me crazy. <laughs> I didn't know you were talking about the comedy, but now it makes total sense. Yes, yes. Yeah. That's definitely part of the, uh, I would say, the kitsch, I guess, of the whole thing. Very, yeah. very 80s sort of like synthy music for, yeah. the, for the comedy. Because like it, like, yeah. Yes, exactly. And I was just, I did not like that at all. And I, you know, it's a different time. It's a different, I get it. Mm -hmm. Certainly not a deal breaker, but those are the two things I struggled with the movie. Like it's unquestioned, questionably great as far as the action for sure. Mm -hmm. Nobody can deny that. (laughs) But I almost wished they hadn't even, we could just got rid of all that other stuff and it just been, just been Mm -hmm. that. I don't know yeah it's it's a it's a valid point um how about we go into our questions then yes that's that's um so the first one is what do you think makes this a criterion movie i don't really know i i I was kind of struggling with that because uh he did he's done so many movies and i don't know why this one above all the rest is um I mean, why this over, uh, I feel like, I don't know. I feel like rumble in the Bronx is just as, uh, just has just as good of stunts and is better story and a better, I don't know. I like it better, but that's just me. Mm. Um, but I, I'm not sure why, why do you think? Well, I think, uh, a couple of things. Well, I think for once you're, I think we will both agree that it's kind of like uh, the stunts are really the thing that is particularly special about this yeah. and Jackie Chan's movies in general. Um, so I think just recognizing that he was a master at this kind of stunt and that he did these incredible things that yeah. cannot be replicated, right? Um, I mean, there's there hasn't been a new generation of stars in Hong Kong or anywhere that are doing the things that he's was doing at the time because you don't have places like the Chinese opera school where people are you know in indentured servitude for their whole childhood and can come out of it having trained every single day that's just right. like something that doesn't happen anymore probably for the best right. and um, so it's just and also you don't have a, the Hong Kong industry at that time was like kind of irregular not regulated the way things have become now, right? And um, it was just, and it's not like Hollywood, like, you know, they were able to spend months on one set piece, like this thing in the mall, I think they took multiple months to shoot that whole time. And which is something that would never happen in Hollywood because time is the most important and the most uh, expensive thing in a Hollywood production, paying everyone again and again and again. So it's just, uh, it feels like a time capsule to me of a perfect moment in which this, kind of action was possible to make mm-hmm. well the really reason, when you yeah. think about uh the the whole film industry in china they went from a a place where it was almost like a a, a novelty kind of a thing it was mm-hmm. uh, as for to now where uh they're the the films that they make in china uh, are as uh, regarded and uh as uh as popular as well as well seen practically as uh as 
Uh, it's it, a Hollywood blockbusters, yeah. Yeah, I mean they're making, uh, you know, millions of dollars on their films. So it's it's it's. I think it took people like because it was the same way with Bruce Lee. I mean he mm-hmm. he tried to uh, he tried to make it in you know the United States, but ended up just being this you know side character on television and mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, and then he finally you know went back to to hong kong that's where he made the enter enter the dragon and those movies and uh so you know it took those those people to kind of progress to to where we are today yeah um even though in the case of jackie chan i would say it's a little bit uh it's kind of heartbreaking to me the way that his career went uh in terms of as mainland china gained more uh, influence and the industry there became bigger and Hong Kong started to diminish. Um, in his later years, he has kind of decided to be just become like a, um, how do you put it, like a, almost like a shill for the, for the Chinese government, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, his movies lately have just been like basically propaganda and anytime oh, yeah. there's like some kind of protest, Jackie Chan comes out to say, oh, the protesters shouldn't be doing this or doing that, the government's great and whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm not exactly sure why. Um, he's decided to do that uh, probably because of money and in order to get budgets to make movies. Also, I'm not surprised if he has like a kind of authoritarian streak to him, having grown up in such a strict yeah. environment. Um, it's just kind of, it's just kind of a disappointment that, that he's decided to go in that way. And mm. um, it's a little frustrating because he, he the movies that he makes now um from what I hear, I haven't seen, I haven't gotten the courage to see any of them, but they're basically just propaganda machines. No. There's not a lot of, of... Yeah, I haven't seen anything with him since I did watch The Foreigner. That was like... Yeah, but that was that more was, of an international... That was pretty decent. That was pretty yeah. good. Um, yeah. But that was like 2017, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. He's been in the kick for a while. That's probably an exception because it was more of an for, uh, international thing, right? Not just yeah. such um, production. Interesting. Um, huh. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, the other reason I was going to say, because why, what you were asking, why Police Story and not other movies like Rumble in the Bronx? I think uh, there's something about the fact the movie was also directed by Jackie Chan, mm. and Criterion is so uh, in love with the idea of the auteur theory, right? And the director as being the, the one that is given the personality to the movie. And sense. so it makes sense for me that they would they would gravitate towards movies that he's actually not just a star, but he's also directing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I yep, think I can uh, see that. amongst the ones that he's directed, uh, Police Story and probably Project A are the ones that are most respected and, and you know, viewed as his masterpieces, I would say. Mm, okay, that makes sense. I can see that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so what do we have next? We have the next question. Oh, whatever. It's our favorite. Where does this rank in the pretentious scale? I don't think it's as pretentious at all. I, I give, give it you. like a zero. <laughs> I don't think it's. Yeah. it's I mean, it was made for a commercial audience in Hong Kong. It's like, like you say, the comedy is very uh, basic and very, you know, very high broad. to the face kind of thing. Yeah, very, yeah. very broad. And the and the rest is just action and stunts. Yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely. Uh, so yeah, it's. I don't know. It's an interesting one. Uh, I mean, I'm glad that they have someone like this on here because. Uh, you need the zeros <laughs> you need yeah. just to, you need it to in order for the channel to be to be palatable you can't only have 
Godard on films on there. <laughs> and and I think it's good that that it's that um you know this brand criterion that it's that is so uh associated with a sign of approval and and quality and that sort of thing is uh not just about the the pretensions for like a better word or like the art house titles right that it's also saying you can be excellent at doing stunts or uh in some other cases doing comedy or you know um yeah that yeah i agree yeah so i'm really excited so next next time that we get together we are going to have a special guest uh with us we really enjoyed having eric uh, the other day uh, but we are going to have another one of my critic friends. Uh, she is uh, behind Rosa's Reviews. Uh, her name is Rosa. And uh, she is a, um, uh, she's an upcoming uh, critic uh, from Los Angeles. And we asked her if she, she had signed up for the, uh, uh, for the channel. And she posted on her Twitter. And so I was like, hey, we have a whole podcast. And she got really excited. And, and so anyway, she's going to join us. For our next episode and we're going to talk about the classic uh on the waterfront uh film so yeah. I'm, I'm really looking forward to marlon brando that's right oscar winning performance i have never seen on the waterfront have you mm-hmm. Rachel? i have i love it oh uh, great i i've often said that i this is actually if you consider it a mob movie it's actually my favorite uh mm. of the the mob movies um and I love Carl Malden in particular in it. I think he's such a, he was such a great actor. Uh, if you wanted a, you know, a character actor who would always bring it, uh, he's great in the film. It's beautifully filmed. Uh, and uh, uh, even Marie Saint uh, is, is, is in it. And, um, and it's, I think it's a really good script. And so I think it's gonna be really interesting to, to talk about it and, uh, mm-hmm. she's actually she had, she wanted to try one that she hadn't seen before so uh so she hasn't seen it so it's going to be fun for oh so it's a free-for-all but... yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. uh so i'm excited for that that'll be fun to have another guest all right i'm very excited to talk with rosa and i yeah i will be practicing my marlon brando impression yeah, so good that's good could have been a contender that's right that's pretty good <laughs> uh, so yes, I'm I'm looking forward to that. And let us know what you think of uh of uh, Jackie Chan. Maybe you have a favorite uh, film yeah. from from him. That oh, we, we didn't do our remake thing, which I oh guess my it's gosh. fine. I, I think it's okay because it's impossible. Who's gonna? <laughs> nobody can do those stunts, right? It's just all 100% Jackie Chan. But maybe <laughs> if someone out there has an idea for a remake, they can send it to us. Yeah, I mean, plus this movie got remade i think it, not only were there sequels but there were there was also remakes and so i it's like i feel like it's kind of been done and uh but and and you you even have some of that in um rush hour basically is mm. similar it's about you know these two cops and, and everything. well it's a, it's a formula it's a formula right it's a cop movie it's just it's really that like jackie chan personality that 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 brings it forward so it, it feels kind of weird to ask for a remake in that way because yeah. like how are you going to get jackie chan personality without jackie chan you know right yeah so uh make sure you're following us at criterion pod on twitter and uh and we'd love to have your feedback there 
and uh, yeah let us know what your favorite jackie chan uh film is it was kind of smart what they did when they brought him over to the u.s uh, to kind of pin him with a fast talking comic in all, mm-hmm. all of his movies especially because he doesn't speak much english exactly or, yeah <laughs> and so you know so chris tucker could be a little much for me but it's still fun enough i guess uh mm-hmm. and uh, so but, yeah but also I, I would say before we go if you have only seen his american movies um you really don't know what he's capable of mm, you, yeah because they were not you were just not able to do the kind of thing he was doing in hong kong in america the kind of stunts and fights and choreography yeah. so if you have never seen one of his uh chinese movies you really you really ought to from yeah. the 80s and the 90s Drunken Master is the one that I remember the most uh, that I have seen. That's but, also a great one. Uh, that one's like a really good one. So yeah, the uh, uh, definitely make sure, like I said, for following us at Criterion Pod. We'd love to hear your feedback. Yes. So you can find me and Twitter at Coco Hits New York. Great. And you can find me at Rachel's Reviews, all of our social media and iTunes, YouTube, and on Rotten Tomatoes. So check that out. I'm still trying to do uh, reviews and uh, keep up with things. I also am available at the Hallmarkies podcast, and uh, we've been keeping very, very busy over there. So uh, check that out. Great. So all thanks. Right. Yeah, thanks for listening, and we'll see you all with Rosa. We'll see you in the waterfront. Yay! <laughs> Bye, everyone. <laughs>